Kyoto temples are so much more than you can imagine, and each is unique. With elaborate architecture, zen gardens, stunning seasonal colors, carnival-like atmosphere, and tasty treats, there is something for everyone. Welcome back to Finding Gina Marie, where we share our lives as full-time travelers and the connections we make along the way. If you're new here, welcome. I'm Judy. And I'm Kevin. Alongside many Buddhist temples and sub-temples, there are also Shinto shrines. We're going to give you all the information about all these beautiful sites so that you can make an informed decision about the best ones you want to go to. And if you're a fan of cats, we have a bonus temple at the very end that you're not going to want to miss. So let's dive in. The Daigoji Temple still has an operating monastery. We visited on a drizzly day, so don't be deterred. It meant that it wasn't crowded at all. The walk up to the entrance had stunning colored leaves on the trees and just a hint of the vibrant colors yet to come. There's a lot to see inside the main hall, including some painted art on the sliding doors. Our daughter was eager to explore the grounds, so we pivoted. We took a left outside the temple area and came upon the Karaman Gate, which is only opened when the Imperial Messengers visited, which is almost never now. <laughs> the impressive five-story pagoda was built in 951 AD and is the only structure to survive the fires that have repeatedly destroyed Daigoji over the centuries. We were amazed at the fall colors and how picturesque this bridge looks over the pond. The highlight for us was this view of Bentendo Hall. We aren't using any filters on our camera, so what you're seeing is exactly what was supplied to us by nature and is perfectly composed. All right, we're at the Daigoji Temple with a beautiful, beautiful array of colors with the trees. Yes, this temple was founded in 874 and it's spectacular, especially on this day where it's a little bit drizzly. And so that means that there are fewer crowds, but the leaves are just exquisite. Yeah, it feels we, like we have the place to ourselves. Yeah, I mean, we've had to wait for a tiny bit, yeah. but it's amazing. You can see Bintendo Hall in the background, and in the foreground is the Reflection Pond, the Vermilion Bridge, and complimentary leaves engulfing everything the eye can see. People lined up for photographs, but the line was short, and we had the area nearly to ourselves. You probably will never have your fill of the view in autumn, but it's worth your time to take the short path beyond the bridge into the woods and allow the leaves to crunch under your feet while you enjoy the small waterfall before finishing the path. Nanzenji is considered one of the most important Zen temples in all of Japan. The first thing you notice at this temple is its mammoth Sanmon entrance gate, which was originally built in the 13th century and rebuilt over time. See the leaves are just starting to change when we visited here on October 22nd. Its grounds are free to wander in, but it's worth paying for access to its gardens. 
You'll have to remove your shoes and there are clear bags for them. Kevin wasn't thrilled to have to wear these loose-fitting, one-size-fits-all slippers they provided. They wouldn't stay on. <laughs> Peek into the Shunko Inn Temple, which hosts Zen meditation sessions and traditional tea ceremonies. You have access to the perimeter hallways and you can view the monks' quarters. Although you can't take photos inside the rooms, there are 132 beautiful painted images on screens to admire. If you're looking for a bit of serenity, the Hojo Garden was built in the 1600s and hosts a dry landscape garden with its rate gravel and strategically placed rocks. Sit on the ledge and enjoy some time to soak in all the beauty. You're not done here yet though. We arrived around 3 p.m. and although we didn't have a ton of time, we were able to enjoy the changing colors in the sky and the aqueduct was relatively crowd free. It's an incredible spot for photos. The Higashi Honganji Temple is a quick walk from Kyoto Station. The temple complex is known for its massive scale and impressive wooden structures. The main hall is one of the largest wooden buildings in the world, and its size alone is enough to inspire awe. There are so many intricate details on the wooden panels and the lovely gold leaf decorations. The temple offers several unique experiences for visitors, such as morning services, meditation sessions, and tea ceremonies. We were able to visit late in the afternoon without any issues. Don't get there too late because a crowd of students arrive shortly before closing time, which happens at a lot of temples. There's a small fountain with a dragon that you can use to purify yourself before entering the halls. You will need to remove your shoes and unfortunately pictures aren't allowed inside. The two main buildings are Founders Hall with its impressive wooden pillars and vast interior space and Amida Hall. The halls are split up to prevent either one from having too much power. The Todaiji Temple is in Nara. It's about an hour commute from Kyoto Station, but it's worth including here and absolutely worth the transit time. It was constructed in 752 and its influence grew so powerful that the capital was moved away from Nara in 784 because the temple's influence on government affairs was too great. The grounds are expansive. That, combined with the crowds and waving banners, it also felt very celebratory. The massive gate leading to Todaiji Temple is guarded by two impressive statues, and its intricate details are a marvel in themselves. One of the reasons to visit is that the Great Buddha Hall houses one of the largest bronze statues in the world. This colossal Buddha statue is a must-see. It stands 15 meters tall.
A unique feature of Nara is that it has wild Sika that at one time were considered sacred. They may be cute, but they're still wild animals, so you need to be very respectful of them, especially during mating season when we are visiting. They aren't afraid of people and will eat anything and everything. In fact, the deer were very interested in Kevin's ice cream. But the only thing you should ever feed them are special crackers made of wheat flour and rice bran that are sold here for 200 yen. We didn't know this beforehand, but if you bow your head to them first, the deer will also bow. They've learned that they are more likely to get food if they do this. A collection of artifacts, crafts, and documents dating back to the 8th century are stored here. It's worth seeing, but you can't take photos. If you're looking for a hidden gem, you found it at Adashino Nembutsuji. If you don't want to deal with the crowds of the bamboo forest, and even if you do, this is a must-see site. It gets bonus points for being virtually crowd-free. We were here in mid-November and the beautiful fall colors already were decorating the sky. We felt a quiet beauty here that made it a standout location for us. It hosts a cemetery, and alongside it is a vast collection of over 8,000 stone statues dedicated to lonely souls. There's so much beauty here to see, including the Shinto Shrine. After appreciating the main area, continue walking and you'll come across the small bamboo forest we mentioned where you can get great photos without dealing with other people getting in your shots. Continue on and there's another bit of cemetery leading up to a hexagonal Jizo-sama six-face, six-body cemetery statue. The Otaka Nenbutsuji Temple is hidden away in the western Kyoto neighborhood of Arashiyama. It's an uphill walk from Adashino Nenbutsuji and the grounds have a variety of different levels to explore, so be prepared to do a little climbing. It's worth it though, because it contains about 1,200 whimsical stone statues known as Buddha's disciples. They showcase a wide range of facial expressions and poses. After years of misfortune, a new head priest appointed in 1955, who was an accomplished sculptor of Buddhist statues, came upon the idea of having visitors carve their own statues for the temple under his guidance. These statues, which represent Buddha's disciples, were all added to the temple between 1981 and 1991. Each is unique with its own personality. The moss that forms naturally here give them a sense of age, but when you see them holding a tennis racket, or other things, you're clued into them being more modern. Thank you. 
This gold statue is of an enlightened being who has remained within the sixth realms of existence to aid others and whose compassion is said to be as boundless as the sky. The Kinkakuji Temple is also referred as the Golden Temple, and it's clear to see why. It's so lovely that we visited twice. You can see that even the walk up to this temple is beautiful when we visit on November 12th. Trees are turning. This looks beautiful. And it was equally stunning when we visited a week later. Although it was raining a bit at that time, the second time we brought our daughter and we arrived before the temple opened. There were already lines, including one for groups, which included a lot of school children. Before you enter, notice the five white lines on the wall behind this engraved rock. The most prestigious temples are marked with five white lines on their walls. The star of the show here is the Golden Temple, whose top two floors are completely covered in gold leaf. Note that this is not one of those temples you can go into or even get close to. It was originally the family villa of a shogun, and according to his will after his death in 1408, it became a Zen temple. Don't be discouraged when you first walk up to the water because it's a very crowded spot where everyone wants to take their first photo with that backdrop of that beautiful golden temple. If you continue walking, there are other spots for beautiful photos and you can more easily capture the mirror pond and the golden pavilion's reflection. And note the golden phoenix on the top of the temple. The path winds uphill so you can enjoy some scenic views from a higher perch. But the path is one way only, so you'll get stopped if you try to backtrack to take pictures again. The gardens hold a few other spots of interest, including this pond, which is said to have never dried up. That's because of White Snake Mound, which is at the center of it and enshrines a white snake, which is supposed to be the god of water. There are also a few statues along the path that people throw coins at for luck. I think the luckiest people are the grounds people who sweep up the coins after the crowds have gone home. It's all going toward care of the temple, though. <laughs> Continuing through the garden takes you to a tea house just before the exit. Outside the exit are souvenir shops and various snack places, including this little shop that sells gold-flacked matcha ice cream. Of course I had to try it. All green and gold-flecked up? Yes, it's matcha and vanilla and specks of gold. Yeah, there's sparkly already. Good luck to your stomach. <laughs> Don't complain later. Uh -oh. I feel rich already. <laughs> Good for you. Before hopping on a bus back to our Airbnb, we stopped into a great ramen restaurant, which probably served the best ramen we had during our entire time in Japan. Uh, you're the star. We didn't know in advance, but the reviews are spectacular. Tonkenku traditional Kyoto ramen is one you don't want to miss. They have both salt ramen or soy sauce based. We chose the soy sauce based 
and we didn't regret it at all. We don't think you would either. We're excited to share that we've started our own absolutely free community forum that we are calling La Familia. You can ask questions about trip planning and all things related to travel there. A video with the details is linked in the description below. Ginkaku-ji is also known as the Silver Pavilion. Unlike the Golden Temple, the Silver Pavilion is not covered in silver. The name may have originated from the way the moonlight reflected on the original black lacquer facade. Similar to the Golden Temple, a shogun built his retirement temple on the grounds and then converted it into a Zen temple after his death in 1490. One significant difference between the two temples, and from many of the other temples we've mentioned, is that the walk up to the pavilion is lined with souvenir shops and all sorts of food shops with a variety of tasty treats. Before entering, there's a map of the entire complex, so you have an overview of all of the sub-temples. Besides the lovely fall colors, one of the main features is an expansive dry sand garden called the Sea of Silver Sand. There's also a huge sand cone named Moon Viewing Platform. The main hall has paintings on its sliding doors, but it's not usually open to the public. For 300 yen, you can write down your wishes on a wooden strip that is later burned. A walking path leads visitors through a moss garden with ponds, bridges, and assorted plants. The path rises steadily to take you to a bird's eye view of the stand garden and the entire temple grounds. Kiyomizu-dira Temple has over 1,200 years of history and requires you to climb a long flight of stairs. This is Kyoto's most visited temple and was built to honor the Goddess of Mercy. Passing through the Nioman Gate is a symbolic leaving behind of worldly concerns and entering the realm of peace and tranquility. We visited late in the day and it wasn't overly crowded. We've heard early mornings are the same. This is the perfect temple to visit in autumn because of the stunning colors. You can look across and see the stage that is still used for a variety of traditional performing arts on special religious occasions. There's Japanese fortune telling here called Amukiju, but instead of having to read the kanji yourself, after you pull the stick out, give it to a worker behind the counter, and they'll pull the fortune for you. Once again, our luck was bad. It might help to shake that canister really well. Seems like all the bad fortunes are near the opening. Don't forget to tie up your bad fortune to a pole and leave it at the side of the temple. Do not want that bad fortune following you around. You'll also see a shrine containing nearly 200 statues of the Buddhist deity Jizo. When you see red bibs or red hats, they're put there by parents who are either praying for the recovery of a sick child or mourning a lost one. This is another temple with food and souvenir shops. 
Before leaving, our daughter had to get some crunchy glass candy-covered fruit called Tanghulu, which are served on a skewer. These were the best we ate in Japan because they were served chilled. So what do you think? They're actually pretty good. I don't think I like all the glaze on it, but... It's very light. It's very light, yeah. Not overly sweet. What's your rating? One thumb up, that's all it's free. <laughs> We entered the Yasaka Shrine through the Nishiramon entrance gate. It's a stunning shade of vermilion, and the gate is two stories with curved roofs and intricate carvings, and the autumn leaves surrounding it are beautiful. This gate is an entryway to the Gion District, which is famous for its geisha culture and traditional tea houses. Instead of the usual guardian figures, this gate features the protectors of the noble class, adding a unique cultural element. If you've ever been on Instagram, you've seen the Fushimi Inari Shrine. We visited this shrine twice, once as part of a tour we did with a Buddhist priest, which we highly recommend, and another time with our daughter. The shrines were established beginning in 711 AD, and the property hosts a main shrine building containing five shrines together, a lower shrine, a middle shrine, an upper shrine, and auxiliary shrines. The most obvious part of its appeal is its seemingly endless rows of vermilion Tory gates. It's estimated that there are between 10 to 12,000 of them, but it's impossible to know for certain because new ones are always being donated. And walking through the tunnel signifies a spiritual journey towards self-improvement and prosperity. You can see the donor's name on the back sides of the individual gates. If you want your name memorialized, small gates cost 400,000 yen and the large ones can be a million or more yen. You can choose to walk through them all, and it will take between two or three hours to cover the 2.5 miles. The slow pace will be due to the number of people who also will be walking and stopping to pose for pictures, so give yourself plenty of time. If you're short on time, there's a main path that takes only about 30 to 45 minutes and is only one kilometer long. You can also do one of any number of the side paths available. The shrine is dedicated to Inari, the Shinto god of rice, foxes, and business. You'll see fox statues, considered Inari's messengers, dotted throughout the grounds. Now, if you treat Inari and his messengers with respect, 
in order that they've got something in their mouth. Once again, street food and souvenir shops line the path to and from the shrine. Here's a tip. Visit early in the morning or during weekdays versus weekends. One of the times we visited was at dusk, and the sky can be pretty spectacular at that time of day, especially if you're comfortable walking through the illuminated paths as part of a night hike. Our bonus temple is in Tokyo. It's called the Gotokuji Temple, also known as the Cat's Temple. This temple was very crowded with photographers. Everyone wanted a picture with the cats. What makes it special is that it's filled with hundreds of cat statues of assorted sizes, and they're all designed to bring good luck. Many of them are there because you can buy a cat at the main building, which also donates one to the temple. Unfortunately, our daughter was disappointed that they ran out of cats by the time we visited. We got there late in the day, but there's a cat cafe where you can interact with the felines when you're finished exploring the temple. This temple is free, but there's no bathroom facilities. You get what you pay for. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We have even more content to bring you from Japan, so please subscribe if you haven't already. And check out FindingGeneMarie.com, where we have great information, great articles, and our La Familia forum. Until next time. Until next time.